0: You are listening to the Midwestern American Podcast, straight to you from the middle of the map. Welcome in to the Midwestern American podcast on this wonderful and beautiful Monday, March 30th. I know a lot of people can't go outside right now. Maybe you can, I mean, you can step outside, but you really can't go anywhere right now. So it's hard to enjoy the weather that we're getting here in the Midwest, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Just looking outside is good enough for now. I'll take this any day over over the snow and the cold and, and, and all that. So maybe if you can get out and do some yard work or uh, wash the car or something, I have no idea. Um, we're all stuck at home. We might as well find something to do, right? uh there's a lot to unwrap right now uh i know that it's been a few days since i did the podcast so i, I really truly apologize that it, it's, it took me a little bit longer than i expected to get back to this um but that's just because i have a lot of other things that i'm trying to put into this so this will become more often so uh i i got a lot of good feedback i want to tell everybody that listened uh, to the first episode thank you thank you thank you very much a lot of good feedback, a lot of people uh, you know, really reaching out to me, wanting to be guests on the show. So I, I've got a lot of ideas moving forward, but I really, really, really want to thank all of you for taking a listen or sharing it, um, telling other people about it. It's fantastic. So I'm glad you guys are liking where it's going so far, and it's only going to get better. Uh, also, we are on Spotify and iTunes, and here soon we should be on Google Play. I don't know what's taking them so long they've got to do the whole, I don't know if they listen to it or what before they approve it, but Google Play is lagging behind, but it's already on Spotify, it's already on iTunes, so hop on your preferred platform there, uh, subscribe to it, that way when a new episode comes out, it'll notify you right away and you'll be good to go. Um, and then I don't have to bug everybody with uh, non-stop social media posts trying to get you to listen to my stuff. So, once again, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening um, and, and a lot of good things coming up here in the future, uh, and within the next couple weeks. I'll, I'll keep you updated as we get through that let's get straight to the most important thing which is coronavirus of course we can't do an episode without talking about that right away so this, these numbers are from the cdc this is actually as of sunday uh march 29th so total cases in the u.s one hundred and twenty two thousand six hundred and fifty three. total deaths 2112 that number is obviously a little bit higher because we're a day behind but this just shows that obviously it is you know, rapidly moving. New York is still the biggest hotbed in the United States. That is really where they're having a lot of problems with the coronavirus right now. Surprisingly, uh, California, especially LA, is lagging way behind. I thought for sure, and I think a lot of people thought for sure that 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 New York and and LA specifically, we're really gonna be hotbeds here. But LA is actually doing really good. Now, maybe that's because of uh the the measures that were put in place. Maybe the people out there are doing a really, really good job of staying in their homes. I, I really don't know what the reason for that is. But one thing we do know is New York is struggling right now. They've got a lot going on. There's a there's a lot of people there that are, are uh confirmed with COVID nineteen. A lot of deaths happening, but uh, you know, there's There's been a lot of prep for this. There's a lot of things that are moving in the right direction to make sure that as the numbers continue to climb, because I don't think we've reached that peak yet, but as those numbers climb, there will be the resources available to them uh, moving forward. So that'll help out quite a bit. But in in rural places like here in the Midwest, uh, it's it really hasn't taken yet. It's still very very minor here. Um, I, I'm using the word minor very lightly here, so please don't don't jump on my on my back for that. I'm not trying to downplay this at all, but it is it's just not as big of a deal here in the Midwest as it may be out on the coast or down south, um, and that's probably because of population. Uh, we're not you know we're not a big city we're not on top of each other there are some big cities in the midwest but we're not on top of each other like they are in new york city so it's it's harder for it to spread so that's my assumption on why it is is not spreading as much as it is here and i think as we get back to work and as we get back to you know whatever sense of normalcy that we can i believe that places in the midwest are going to be the first that are open for business, and then it will move its way into those bigger areas simply because it's just not as big of a threat here as it is on the coast. So we'll keep an eye on that and, and see where Trump goes with that and, and how the state and local governments uh, determine what places are going to open for business first uh, and and see if the Midwest is the place where they start. That would be my, my, um, my thought on that. Now, over the weekend... Trump held a another one of his press conferences. He's doing these every day. Um, and so he he held another one in the Rose Garden because it was so nice outside. And he talked to reporters and he he the big news that came out of it is he extends the guidelines to April 30th. Initially, he was saying that he wanted to try to get everybody back to work or or at least get a portion of people back to work and things back to some kind of normalcy by easter which would have been april twelfth, which is april 12th um but he had to change that to april 30th now a lot of people are gonna are gonna jump on him for this and say you know he should have never come out and said april 12th he should have never done that that's that's horrible yada 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 that he's trying to instill some kind of positivity in this like i said in the last show we need something to look forward to we need a goal and we we didn't really have any goals up to that point. It was just kind of, you know, hey, we're locking everything down. Businesses are closing. People are getting laid off everybody just stay home and and don't go outside and don't do it or don't talk to anybody don't you know keep your social distancing whatever it may be there there was it was just kind of a a a ton of information hitting us all at one time but there was no goal there there was there was no end in sight to say okay we're going to do this for this long and then we're going to see where we're at or this is a, a specific day that we should be fine and people can go back to work and uh none of that was there so I think when he came out and said he wanted to try to get everything running back you know to some normal uh, levels by Easter, I think that was a good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. and of course, Trump can never do right uh, according to the mainstream media uh, and and especially the the left they they just don't like the guy. It doesn't matter him One example, him and Andrew Cuomo from New York are saying a lot of the same things, but when Trump says it, it's absolutely horrible, and it's the worst thing in the world. Cuomo can turn around and say the exact same thing, and they praise him like he's a genius. In fact, they're even mentioning Cuomo as a presidential candidate for 2024, so keep an eye on that. I guess they're impressed with his daily briefings, too. He, he does daily briefings, and it's fine. Trump does daily briefings, and, and you've got MSNBC and CNN and all these other mainstream media outlets saying that they are going to cut away from his... Briefings, And that sounds weird. Why would you do that? But I, ha- I have an idea on why they're going to do that, and we'll get to that in a second. But he extended the, the social distancing guidelines to April 30th. Obviously, that includes, you know, getting people back to work. We're not going to hit that April 12th deadline. But now we know, okay, we're, we're going to give this one more month, right? So <clears throat> we've got one more month to move forward with this. See how it all pans out. See, you know, if we hit the apex in some of these places and we come down off of that, and we're you know we're flattening the curve as they say, I think we've done a fantastic job up to this point of flattening the curve. Uh, there hasn't really been a lot of uh, you know talk of hospitals being overrun. I know New York is having some problems right now, obviously, because there's just a ton of people there, and they're they're all on top of each other. So there's a little bit of a struggle out there, but it's not quite as bad as it's being portrayed. We'll get to that here in a second as well. One other thing that I want to talk about when we're when we're discussing these numbers here, and I, and I'm like I said, I'm only bringing this up because I know a lot of people uh, they see this COVID-19 for what it is. It's it's bad. It's not a good thing, but people are really freaking out about it like i said we all know people are buying up all the toilet paper and the hand sanitizers and and the soaps and by the way quick quick fact you don't need antibacterial soap any soap will work so don't 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 fight over the antibacterial soap that's 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 crazy just don't do that any soap will work it all does the same thing Anyway. So, like I said, total cases as of yesterday, March 29th, 122,653 confirmed cases, total deaths, 2,112, okay? Now, let me tell you what the numbers were for just the flu last year, okay? Just the flu, not a pandemic, not COVID-19, not swine flu, not H1N1, none of that kind of stuff, just just the general flu. 35 million people. Had the illness. 16.5 million people made a medical visit. Just under 500,000 people were hospitalized. And almost oh, right at 34,000 people died. Just from the flu. Okay. Now we know COVID-19 still has its course to run. Okay. So even though we've got just over 2,000 deaths from it. That number will go up. But Still. I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit and look at this from the standpoint of what are the numbers of of typical flu, seasonal flus every single year, how many people are infected, how many people go to hospitals, and how many people are passing away just from the normal flu compared to what it's looking like with the coronavirus. It it actually makes COVID nineteen not look so bad. Now, like I said, we still haven't hit the apex. There's still a lot of places in the country that that really haven't seen it take off like it has in New York. Um, it's it, it's tough to say, and, and we've done the social distancing thing, and we've closed a lot of places, and so we've really shut the spread down. I get that, and and I think that was still the right call. I'm not not going against that, but I do want people just to just to kind of get a grip here. Um, I think that the toughest thing here is when people talk about the economy, especially Trump, because, we, like I said, whatever Trump says, p- people just hate it. But when Trump talks about the economy and he talks about trying to get people back to work and trying to get back to normal, he gets a lot of of people that go against him and say that he is valuing the economy over people's lives. That's that's not accurate by any stretch of the imagination. If we say 122,000 people had coronavirus, which the number is way higher than that, way higher than that. In fact, there are guesses that over a million people in the U.S. have or have had coronavirus, but they were never tested. Okay, So when we say 122,000 total cases, those are confirmed cases, meaning that those people actually had a test showing that they had the coronavirus at that moment we don't yet have a test that checks antibodies so what that does is when you get the flu or you get some kind of illness or in this case coronavirus your body builds antibodies to fight that infection okay so there's a lot of tests that you can take that will show the antibodies to show that you had it and now your body has fought it off and then they can basically put their little tick on this person had it and that's another confirmed case and now they've got the antibodies, they're safe. We don't have a test for that yet. So 122,000 total cases confirmed, that number is small. I guarantee you that a lot more people in this country have or have had coronavirus in the last few months and we don't know about it. Okay. So when you look at the total deaths of 2,000, because if you're dying from coronavirus, they're going to know about that. So the death rate or the death number total is, is accurate, but the total confirmed cases is not accurate. If you even say, like I said, predictions and, and, and people a lot smarter than me that are in the, in the health industry and, and in this field saying that it could be up to a million or more people that have or have had coronavirus so far, even if we just cut that in half and say 500,000 people had coronavirus, and only 2,000 people have died from it, that's, that's not bad at all. I mean, it's, it's never good when, when people are dying from something. But when people are talking, the death rates are 3%, are 4 has 5%. I, it's got, it, I guarantee you it's under 1% there are not as many people dying from this as it seems because the numbers are skewed and we have no way to know how many people have been infected with this or how many people are currently infected with it hell you could be infected with it right now and just not know a lot of people don't show any symptoms some people have minor symptoms and may mistake them just for the typical flu we don't know we have no idea so like i said we still want to take it seriously Please just just relax. It's not the end of the world. All right, pump the brakes, chill out, re- just enjoy this this time that you have at home. Whether you're working from home or you're relaxing, I understand it's stressful. I understand that you know people that have kids, the kids are at home, and so you're 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 playing parent and teacher at the same time. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Are people going to get their jobs back? Are businesses going to close? Are they going to reopen? Or there's there's a ton of uncertainty here so i understand the stress i'm not i'm not saying don't stress about that stuff that's just a given but don't stress out about this virus it is what it is it's going to do what it's going to do and we're taking the preventative measures that we have to take to try to limit exposure but it's not i i I really want to say it's not as bad as people are making it uh, I, I just I just know that people are gonna take that the wrong way when I say that. But if you compare it to the seasonal flu, it's not as bad as it seems. So uh let's just let's just chill on that. Um and and let's just let's just try to move away from all the all the freaking out about it. There, there's too much of the negativity with this, and, and we need something positive. So I I'm I'm putting my positive spin on this right now, take it for what it's worth. I don't think it's going to be as bad as <clears throat> as it was originally uh, expected to be. So there's that. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, there's really something that's funny to me. Uh, I had mentioned before, Trump and Cuomo are both holding these uh, daily briefings, right? So Trump is holding his daily briefings to really discuss what's going on nationwide and what what is being done across the country. Cuomo is obviously more focused on New York, right? So he's doing his daily briefings based on New York. Now, there this is this is going to be a little bit of a of a segment here where I'm going to play a couple clips and I'm going to explain a couple things and how this all unfolded because this is just this is just disastrous, right? I like I said before, I cannot stand the partisan garbage in the middle of this situation this whole country in fact the whole world but in but what i'm talking about here is our country should be bonding together at this point to try to fight this because right now the only enemy is the virus right there's there's no other enemy but the virus so we need to we need to work together we're all humans so we all need to work together to try to fight this thing off fighting each other is is just silly that's that's not going to get us anywhere. That's just making things worse. Um, I Like I said, I know it's an election year, and I know that this is going to continue. It's partisan BS, and they're going to continue to push this. The Democrats do not want Trump to get reelected, so they're going to make everything that he says or does into this nightmarish scenario, and Republicans obviously want Trump to stay, so they're going to talk up everything he says and does, even if it's... Even if it's a, a a tweet, which we all know, we should probably chill on the tweets. Um, so both sides are are playing their game, and I I wish it would just go away. I wish people would just say, "Hey, look, let's get together. Let's let's do what we got to do to get past all of this this garbage." People are literally dying to this virus, and they wanna they wanna point fingers on whose fault it is, and and who reacted faster, and. Who's got blood on their hands and it's just absolute nonsense we've we've got to let this go I know they're not going to me pleading for it doesn't change anything but i I hope that somebody listening to this will maybe think twice moving forward that they'll think twice about you know a tweet or or a uh, social media post or something that they say and j- just think twice about it it it's not this this partisan stuff is not as important right now you want to wait until june or july or or, you know cross our fingers june or july when this thing is is wrapping up and we're we're all back to normal and then you want to point fingers go right ahead be my guest get back to the normal you know left and right and pointing fingers and and one side is better than the other go ahead that's what politics are for just not right now just 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 let it go right now it's not worth it it's just just gonna piss people off so uh don't be that person Don't do that. Just let it go. Move on. So, okay, let's get to it. So, uh, Andrew Cuomo, he was requesting 30,000 ventilators for New York, right? 30,000. That is a lot of ventilators, okay? He said he needed 30,000 based on the projections, the numbers that were given to him by the professionals, saying that at their apex, Meaning, the peak of uh, people that were sick, that were coming into the hospital, that were going to need assistance, that would possibly need ventilators, that he was going to need 30,000 ventilators to be able to handle that apex at that one time. Okay. So he does one of his press briefings saying that he needs 30,000 ventilators. Then he does a press briefing again talking about the ventilators that were sent to him so i'm gonna go ahead and play this and i want you to not only listen to how many he says that were sent to him but then listen to his math error quote-unquote error and we'll discuss that here as well fema says we're sending 400 ventilators really what am i going to what am i going to do with 400 ventilators when i need 30,000? You pick the 26,000 people who are going to die because you only sent 400 ventilators. Where are they? Okay, first of all, let's just point out the obvious here. He said he was getting 400 ventilators and he needed 30,000. But then he said, you pick the 26,000 people that are going to die. I'm not a math wizard, but that's a difference of 4,000, not 400. So the first time I heard this, I was a little confused on why he would say that. Look, look I, I may not agree with Cuomo, and we may not even be in the same party whatsoever, but I, I, 30,000, 26,000, the guy's a smart guy. I, I Something was amiss here when he said this, so I just chalked it up to he's emotional, and, and he's upset, and so when he said it, he just wasn't thinking clearly. It happens. It is what it is. No big deal. But then we look a little bit deeper and come to find out that FEMA has actually sent them 4,000. Okay. Cuomo has said projections show the state will need the ventilators within the next two weeks when the peak of coronavirus cases is expected to hit the state. As of Wednesday, Cuomo said the state has been able to gather about half of the ventilators it needs, but only about 4,000 of those have come from the federal government. Okay so he's he's saying that he got the shipment of 400 and that's not enough so it's it's back to the partisan crap instead of being legit and coming out and saying look we've gotten 4000 ventilators we're going to need 30,000 in the next couple of weeks so I appreciate the 4000 that we've gotten but we're going to need more um if we're going to meet this demand he didn't do that he went straight to you know the normal partisan junk and and it, it, it gets ugly from there but i do like that he has not necessarily backtracked but he has given trump a lot of credit and he has given this administration a lot of credit it probably pains him to do that but he has given them a lot of credit for how they're handling this and he's he's one of a handful of democrats and media that have actually given trump credit on on uh the work that he's done uh during this time so This becomes an issue, right? So Trump, of course, is not going to take this lightly. When when this press briefing came out and Cuomo was going crazy over only getting 400 and they need 30,000, on and on and on going nuts, Trump doesn't like that. He doesn't like being put in a corner like that and he's going to fight back. But he had a good reason to fight back because this is an article from... CBS News, and you know I'm not a fan of CBS, but somebody said on one of the cable news shows the ventilators that New York needed aren't even being deployed. They're in a stockpile, they're in a warehouse. Even Andrew Cuomo said, Yes, they're in a stockpile because that's where they're supposed to be because we don't need them yet. We need them for the apex. The apex isn't here, so we're gathering them in the stockpile. So when we need them, they will be here. All right, this is misleading. Right? So Cuomo goes on national television complaining that he only has 400 ventilators, and that's not enough, and 26,000 people are going to die. Then we find out that the ventilators that were sent to him are sitting in a warehouse. They're not even in the hospitals. They're not even needed. They're not even being used yet. And then Cuomo backtracks on it and says, well, yeah, that's where they need to be. I'm just saying I need 30,000 when it comes to the Apex. Okay, so there's all sorts of garbage being thrown around here. So. Trump is on Hannity and he's talking to Hannity and Trump says, "Well, maybe you don't need 30,000. Look, I don't have a crystal ball. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I don't operate here on opinion. I operate on facts and on data and on numbers and on projections," he said. So, this is this is those were words for word. That's word for word what Trump said. He said, "Well, maybe you don't need 30,000 based on what you're telling me," okay? That's that's word for word. And he's right. He is right. Why are you why are you telling him you need 30,000 right now? You have 4,000, you lie and say you only got 400, and then you turn around and say, "Oh, well we actually don't need them right now." So the problem here is that there's going to be a lot of places in the country that are going to need these ventilators. If we have if if the federal government has 30,000 ventilators, And New York wants 30,000 ventilators and we send them all there. Nobody else in the country gets them. These things take time to make. And these things aren't cheap. And the the price of them has gone up. I think it was 20-something thousand for a ventilator. And that was before all of this started happening. Now they're up to $45,000 for one ventilator. One ventilator is $45,000. Andrew Cuomo says he needs 30,000 ventilators. I'm not going to do the math, but that's a lot of money. So the federal government is having places like GM and Ford and all these places trying to make ventilators as quickly as they can and ship them as quickly as they can. It's not like we're sitting on 50,000 or 100,000 ventilators for no reason. Why would we need to? And, and this, is, this is what the left and the media are, are, are so upset about is, oh, Trump wasn't ready for this pandemic. It wasn't Trump. This country, this world wasn't ready for this. Everybody is is, well, not everybody, but the majority of people are pitching in where they can. They're doing what they can. Even just us as normal citizens are doing everything we can by staying home, not going to work, social distancing. We're trying to do the right things. Trump is going to get all the backlash. He's going to get attacked nonstop for this because it you know, somebody died. You know, it could three million people could be infected. One person dies. Oh my God, Trump! He has blood on his hands. He should have acted faster. Nonsense. But we'll get off that because that, that can lead me down a whole different rabbit hole. Uh, so anyway. This leads to another thing. Like I said when I, before I started this, this is actually a, a sequence of events that happened here. So Cuomo said they needed 30000 The federal government sent them 4000 Cuomo said they only got four hundred. Then we find out they're sitting in a warehouse not even being used. Trump goes on Hannity and says, well, maybe you don't need 30000 okay? Now, <laughs> yesterday, on Sunday, the 29th, when Trump was giving this briefing in the Rose Garden, a reporter from oh goodness it escapes me right now where this reporter is from uh, I I I want to say uh, I I don't know I'm not even gonna guess but the reporter's name is uh, Kamish is it is that what it is Oh Yamish Yamish Alcindor Yamish Alcindor questions him on what he said on Hannity of course doesn't quite say it the way he did and Trump. Is basically saying the same thing I'm saying. Like, look, let's just let's just stop this nonsense and let's just be try to be positive, especially on national television. If you've got any question right now about coronavirus, ask it. You know, if, if it's important. But but trying to get into political banter is probably not the way to go. Um, anyway, maybe her question in 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 her mind or for viewers was something that that was. Uh, was something that was good for them i, I kind of saw it as a cheap shot uh, but like i said i am not on the same side as them so i i see it a little bit as a cheap shot maybe it was a, a honorable question but here's here's yamish alcindor asking trump about his comments on hannity President, I have two questions. The first is, you have said repeatedly that you think that some of the equipment that governors are requesting, they don't actually need. You said New York might need I, not, I might not it. need 30,000. You said it on I Sean say, Hannity's on, Fox News. Come you come said know, that why you don't, might... know, why don't you some, people act, let me ask you, you, said why, don't you state, act, why don't you act in a little more positive? It's always trying to get you. My question to you Get you, get you. And you know what? That's why nobody trusts the media anymore. My that's question why is, people, how is that going to Excuse impact? me, you didn't hear me. That's why you used to work for the Times, and now you work for somebody else. Look, let me tell you something. Be nice. Don't Mr. be President, threatening. Mr. my question don't is. Don't be threatening. Okay. <laughs> so a couple things to unwrap here, right? First of all, Yamish said that Trump on Hannity said that they don't need these things, right? That's, that's exactly how she said it. You said they don't need these. All right. His words exactly were, well, maybe you don't need 30,000. There is a difference there. I know that people are going to say, oh, it's the same thing. No, it's not. He's questioning it. I'm being told you need 30,000 ventilators. We send you 4,000 and then we find out they're sitting in a warehouse. Maybe you don't need 30,000. He is not making a statement of you don't need these. He never said that. Never once did he say that. But the way the question is framed by Yamish is that that is, in fact, what he said, and not only to Cuomo, but to governors across the country. And that's just not true. That That is not. So, of course, Trump right away gets defensive about it because he knows that's not what he said. He gets upset and he, you know, he starts saying things about her working for The Times before and now she's with another organization and that they're, you know, they're always trying to get a gotcha moment and all that. And he says, you people are always trying to do this. You people. And anyway, I didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, it got turned into a racial thing. Of course, it got turned into a racial thing. Because as we all know, Trump is like the most racist person on the planet, according to the left and the mainstream media. So Al Alcindor is, I'm assuming she's just black. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't want to make any Guesses on her race, but but she's she's a black woman, and so they're saying that when Trump said "you people," he was referring to black people. This is just this is how crazy this world is. It, it's clear. It's very very clear. First of all, Trump wouldn't say something like that. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that swear by the fact that Trump is racist. They swear it. They can never give you a, tr- a real example. But they swear to it that he is racist. This just falls in line perfectly for them because Trump said to a black woman, you people, and that's racist because he's talking about black people. No, he's not. He's he's talking about reporters. He's talking about the media. He's talking about the press. It's extremely obvious, but they're going to spin this the way they want it. And so now that's all you're going to see all these people in their bubble talking about Trump as a racist and he said you people to this black reporter it's absolutely insane people have to get their head on straight because I know that a lot of people don't like Trump I, I get it All right? I'm not even going to defend the man and say that you should like him or say that he's never done anything wrong that I'm not going to do that But to just come out and say that when he said, you people do this all the time, and to say that that's racist, come on, people. It's it's ridiculous. Some of the stuff that I see, first of all, you know what's more toxic than a Chinese wet market? Twitter. Twitter is the most toxic place on this planet. I, okay, I am a little bit older. And I, I'm, a, I'm a Facebook user. I mean, I, I'm on most social media platforms, but Facebook has been my primary one. I didn't realize until my kids told me that Facebook is for old people, I guess. So I guess I'm in the, in the old bucket now. But Twitter has never been something that I liked. So I really don't mess with Twitter very often. But the worst thing you can do, especially as a conservative, is go to Twitter And click on trending. (laughs) It is horrible. Horrible. And some of the stuff that people write on there, I think it's hilarious how all these people will just bag on Trump and say all sorts of negative things about him. And people are on there wishing for his death. but But they're saying that they wish these bad things would happen to him because he's a bad person. Well, what does that make them? just because he's the president doesn't mean he's any different he's just a human being just like all of us so it's it's absolutely insane but anyway it is the most toxic place on this planet so if you don't use twitter stay away from it it is horrible don't go there unless you want to you think you're stressed now with everything going on in this in this world don't get on twitter don't don't do it. it it is it is it is a bad place but I'm gonna reference something from Twitter because obviously I got to get my news sources from places. This one is funny to me because we all know, everybody knows who Nancy Pelosi is now. She's the champion of the left. She is, she's the greatest thing in the world because she'll stand up to Donald Trump because she ripped his speech. So here's the champion of the left who just injected a ton of fat into this bill. Uh, that that's gonna be a disaster to deal with when this is all done. But I wanted to point something out because this is quite funny to me. Nancy Pelosi and many of the other Democrats in the mainstream media have just drug Trump through the mud about how he has been handling the epidemic and that he didn't act fast enough and he didn't take it seriously and yada, yada, yada. We've all heard it. Well, I just want to point to Nancy Pelosi's Twitter feed. Right, This is January 31st. Okay, On January 31st, Nancy Pelosi tweeted, The Trump administration's expansion of its un-American travel ban is a threat to our security, our values, and the rule of law. Barring more than 350 million people from predominantly African countries from traveling to the U.S., this rule is discrimination disguised as policy. So explain to me, please, how Trump is bad because he was putting a travel ban on to try to stop the virus from coming here. And they all said that he's un-American and racist for putting in a travel ban and that it's ridiculous. But today they're saying he didn't act soon enough and he should have done something sooner. It's, it's crazy. It is literally... You know, I'm, I'm a big football fan. And the most popular guy on the football team is the backup quarterback. Right, The reason for that is because the quarterback is going to take all of the heat. When something goes wrong, everybody blames the quarterback. Right? So they always want the backup quarterback to come in and play because they just assume that the backup quarterback is going to be better. It's not true. If the backup quarterback is better, the coach would play the backup quarterback. But the backup quarterback is always the, the one that everybody thinks is going to be the best and is going to come save the day. So he's the most popular. This is a similar situation where the Democrats and the mainstream media just use Trump as their scapegoat. No matter what happens, Trump did something wrong, Trump's doing it wrong, they they get the luxury of not having to make decisions that will come back and bite them, right? So any decision that's made, whether it was Trump or not, is irrelevant. But any decisions that's made and turns out to not be the best thing in the world, then they just attack Trump. They just go after him. Oh, he he's the one he's he's horrible and he's not fit for this job and he's the worst person in the world and he shouldn't say this and he's racist and he's a bigot and uh, it's nonstop. It's real easy to point fingers when you're not in that position. And that's all they're doing. They have no true claims to anything. If you ask them for specifics, they have none it's It's just all broad claims is all it is. okay By the way, you know what else was going on at the end of january when when Trump was putting on travel bans and 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 trying to stop the coronavirus and having briefings and putting together a task force and all that? you know what the Democrats were doing? They were trying to impeach him. Just keep that in mind, okay. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, while we... I, I hate to keep talking about this. I don't have any Joe Biden gaffes today. Sorry. I I, I was going to play some because I love Joe Biden's gaffes. They're, they're, it's the one thing that can get me through the day and make me smile and laugh. I don't have any, any Joe Biden gaffes. He does struggle to answer this question. And I will give him credit because he actually does not back Trump up. He doesn't back him up here. But... He could tell that what this reporter said to him is wrong. And and I, I give Joe Biden credit for not necessarily standing up to him, but just not going along with it, because too many too many uh, people in the House and the Congress and, and, and anybody talking to mainstream media, they just go along with what's being told to them, and that's so phony. But Biden doesn't do that. Biden actually says that this guy's being a little too critical. But this is, this is Chuck Todd from NBC interviewing Joe Biden and asking him about the coronavirus, asking if Trump has blood on his hands. Here it is. You know, your campaign put out in a critique of, of President Trump and says, if he doesn't do these things, you know, he could he could cost lives. Do you think there's already do you think there is blood on the president's hands, considering the slow response? Or is that too harsh of a criticism? I think that's a little too harsh. I think what's happening is the failure to, as I watched a, a prelim to your show where someone said that, made made the phrase, used the phrase that the president just thinks out loud. All right, so Biden clearly struggled to answer the question, but at least I give him credit for telling Chuck Todd that that is, that is too harsh. That's too critical. You, you cannot blame Trump for people dying from coronavirus. You are putting your blame on the wrong person. If you blame Trump or, or this task force or anybody in the U.S. for that matter from, for somebody dying from coronavirus, you are either blind or just just so caught up in in the mainstream media's narrative and and the narrative from the left, it, it is a it is a really bad thing to do. You need to pull your head out of the sand. You need to you need to look think about this wisely for a second. Be your own person, use your own mind, don't don't be a robot and say what everybody else is saying, okay? This coronavirus is not Trump's virus. Right? It's not even a United States virus, it didn't come from here, it's here now. And we got to deal with it. And, and Trump, unfortunately, has the task of dealing with this. Right? He didn't ask for this. He doesn't want it. But he's doing everything that he possibly can. And I commend him for that. And everybody should. But t- to blame Trump or say Trump has blood on his hands is absolutely irresponsible. It is absolutely irresponsible. You know who has blood on their hands? The damn Chinese government have blood on their hands. You want to point fingers at somebody, point it at them. China is going to have to pay for this when this is all done and over with. China is going to have one hell of a bill. That's going to be a monster invoice for them, and I can't wait for that day. So, uh, speaking of you know how people are viewing all of this coronavirus response and how Trump has dealt with it and so on and so forth. Here, these are Gallup polls from March 13th to March 22nd. This is around the time when Trump started doing. His daily briefings to the public, and everybody was able to see him kind of in an uncut, raw version. Um, his uh, job approval ratings went from forty-four percent to forty-nine percent. That's that's actually really well. Uh, he almost that means almost half the country uh, approve of his job. Uh, the change in President Trump's job approval rating by party: Republicans. of Republicans approve of President Trump's job. Democrats, 13%. Now, if that's already not a stark contrast, let me tell you this. The week before, March 2nd through March 13th, 7% of Democrats approved. Seven. There is clearly... A problem here when over 90 percent of republicans approve of trump and only seven percent of democrats approve so it, it, you can't say one's right and one's wrong that's inaccurate that is not the way this works it is where are you getting your sources how are you viewing this there's a lot of different uh, things that kind of go into this so crazy but the positive here is between the week of march 2nd through the 13th to the week of march 13th to the 22nd there was a plus six change for democrats they went from only seven percent approving of of uh trump's job to 13 percent. that is a massive jump especially on the democrat side going from seven to 13 in one week that is massive they, they almost doubled up in one week the real one that matters here, though, if, if you are at all interested in politics, you know that the, the vote that really matters is the independent, okay, because they can be swayed from one side to the other, and they can literally be the reason why you get the, the presidency or, or you don't. Um, March 2nd through the 13th, 35% of independents approved. March 13th through the 22nd, 43%. That's a plus eight swing that approve of Trump's job. So why, why what happened in one week? Why would these massive changes happen in one week? Well, my guess is that people that watch mainstream media, like MSNBC or CNN or ABC or whatever, NBC, people who watch those uh, television sources to get their media from them, they are not getting the spin. This last week, they're watching Trump from beginning to end while he's giving his briefings and they like what he's saying and they like the direction he's taking this country they're not listening to Rachel Maddow spin it any way she wants and cut it up and chop it and edit it and call him a racist and all those kind of that's that's not happening right now I mean it is but they're getting to see Trump and they're getting to see what he says and once they take that and they edit it and chop it and say all that stuff in the end people have already seen what Trump said. And they agree with it. And they like it. They think he's doing a good job. And that is evident by this poll of how big of a swing in one week this could continue to go up. This is an election year. And I'm not trying to pull for anything partisan here. I'm just trying to make the point that, number one, it's going to be Biden. And let's be honest, that, that is not really a fair fight between Biden and Trump. And number two, you've got a lot of independents and Democrats over the last week that have really started to get behind and not maybe not get behind him, but really approve of the job he is doing right now. He really is showing to be a good wartime president. That's—I mean, we are—we are at war, not with another country or anything, but but with a virus. And he—I he, think he is doing a great job, it's my opinion. But it looks like a lot of other people in this country thinking he's doing a good job as well, independents and Democrats alike. So, who? Has a worse approval rating than President Donald Trump, according to the country, Congress and the news media. If that isn't telling, I don't know what is. President Donald Trump, 60 percent approve, 38 percent disapprove of his handling of response to coronavirus. This is approval ratings of U.S. leaders and institutions handling of response to coronavirus Um, from Gallup. This is March 13th to 22nd. President Trump, 60% approve, 38% disapprove. Congress, 59% approve, 37% disapprove. So only a a 1% difference in each of those. The news media, 44% approve, 55% disapprove. 55% disapprove. More than half of the country does not trust the media and their handling of the coronavirus outbreak I would love to say it's crazy, but it, but it's, it's, it's very clear. I'm just glad people are finally starting to see it. you know I, I, it, it, it sucks that it took something negative like coronavirus to really bring that out. but people are seeing it now, and and, and that's bad news for mainstream media, and, and to be honest, it's bad news for Democrats. That is where they're, they're able to kind of shape their agenda. And, and unfortunately for them, this is really bringing out the truth. And people are seeing it for what it is. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be a rough year for, for Democrats. I think the way they handled this in the House. That's a, there's, there's so much stuff I'm gonna uh, in the next episode I'm going to get to about how the House handled the stimulus package. Oh, my. It is horrible. They're children. Okay. They're children. Let's just put it that way. We'll save that for the next episode. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. We're getting a little long here, but I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you once again to everybody who is listening, who is sharing, who is subscribing. You guys are the best. Please uh, reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if there's something that you want me to cover on here uh, or something that I forgot. Let me know if there's a guest that you think would be awesome on the show. I would love to have somebody on here as well. Shoot me emails, midwesternamerican at gmail.com. Uh, you, can, you can reach out to me on social media as well, Facebook, Facebook, Uh, and and Twitter. you know, Like I said, subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. We should be on Google Play, hopefully, by the end of the day. I don't know. I I don't know their process, and I don't know why it's taking so long. But hopefully it'll be up on there as well, so people with Androids can can, uh, access that easily as well if they don't have Spotify. So once again, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. You are listening to the Midwestern American Podcast. Right to you from the middle of the map.